Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. On today's show, we're talking about how the United Auto Workers didn't get the memo. Jerome Powell wants to stamp out any possibility of a wage price spiral. The auto industry is in the middle of an escalating strike as the United Auto Workers are fighting to catch up on the concessions delivered when all of the U.S. major automakers were on the verge of bankruptcy in the wake of the 2008 financial crisis. Canadian auto workers ratified a new labor agreement with Ford Motor Company on Sunday last week, averting a threatened strike and potentially setting a precedent that could play out in the United Auto Workers strike at all of the automaker facilities in the United States. That agreement raises the base hourly pay for production workers by almost 20% over three years and by more than 25% for trade workers, the Canadian auto workers Unifor said in a statement. It gives permanent workers a $10,000 bonus and adds cost of living adjustment, a mechanism that adjusts wages in line with inflation. The deal has an immediate jump of 10% in the first year, followed by more moderate increases in the remaining years of the contract. But the United Auto Workers are demanding a 40% increase in wages over a three-year period. The question is, do you think that all the workers across North America are looking to the resolution of the strike with Detroit automakers? I don't believe that the workers are actually going to get a 40% increase in their contract. I expect they're going to come closer to 25%. But even that is going to fuel a demand for higher pay across all of manufacturing, not just auto workers. There's no question that wages have not kept pace with inflation. That means reduced purchasing power at the cash register for employees in nearly all sectors of the economy. So let's imagine that the United Auto Workers succeed in getting 25% over three years, pointing to the deal that Ford signed with its workers in Canada. The strike is making headlines. President Joe Biden joined workers on the picket line, which no president has ever done. The settlement of the strike will also make headlines. The rank-and-file employees in other industries are likely to perform simple math and divide 25% by 3 and conclude that an annual wage increase at least above 8% should be the new normal. They'll go to their boss and say a 2 or 3% increase is not going to be enough. It's not going to cut it. Even if headline CPI is reported in the threes, food prices have escalated far more than 3% and a larger increase is warranted just to keep pace with inflation. The union leader at the United Auto Workers did not get the memo that interest rates are going to slow inflation. The higher interest rates in the eyes of the auto workers simply mean that the cost of financing a home purchase just went up. Vladimir Putin didn't get the memo either when he banned the export of a million barrels a day of diesel to Europe and South America. Diesel inventories are already low in Europe and in North America, and diesel is the fuel of the transportation industry, which means that the higher input costs for virtually all physical products in all industries are going to be impacted by this move. That's even more justification for a higher wage increase. I didn't think we were going to experience a repeat of the 1970s-style union-led wage increases. As wage increases, so too will the potential for higher rents to be afforded by tenants. Now, 2023 has been a difficult year for real estate investors. Rising interest rates combined with rising expenses and flatline rents have pushed many landlords upside down. When Jay Powell talks about inflation expectations becoming anchored, he's talking about the market psychology. That psychology only becomes realized when 8% becomes the new normal. The United Auto Workers is rapidly becoming a bellwether for wage increases across the entire economy. I don't know the outcome of the current strike action. Nobody has a crystal ball, but it is conceivable 
that they're going to get more than 2%. In fact, I think there's no chance that they're going to get 2% or 3% a year. I don't think even 5% a year is going to cut it with these workers. Some of the more egregious demands, like the job banks, that's probably not going to survive the negotiation. You might not even remember what the job bank is. This was dates back to the 1970s. If Ford or General Motors closed down a factory, they were required to keep all of the workers on the payroll indefinitely just in case the plant reopened in the future to manufacture a new product. These workers reported to work every day at the plant that was not in operation. They literally sat around and played poker in the lunchroom. If their job description said assembly line welder, according to union rules, they couldn't be used to perform a different role, like, say, a parts logistics manager. They literally sat around and played cards for years collecting a paycheck. No business can survive those labor practices. Now, I believe we need to pay close attention to the United Auto Workers strike. It's going to define wages across America for the next five years and possibly longer. Jerome Powell's influence at the bargaining table is close to zero. He's correct in saying that inflation expectations can become anchored in market psychology, and this is precisely how it happened in the 1970s. The United Auto Workers, the Postal Workers, the Teamsters, they were all united in pushing wages up. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.